You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with writer, producer, director, Charlotte Brandstrom. What's a cre- what's a, a choice where it's like I, can't, I could creatively do it with this budget, but if I had this, I think it depends off the script. If it's a more intimate love story or intimate thr- or even a thriller, very or, or a film noir, or you can very well do it on a small budget. When when it comes to a big scope with a lot of visual effects, like The Witcher, where you have a lot of fights, you have a lot we're fighting dragons, obviously in VFX dragons and all that takes a huge amount of money to create. Okay. And uh, I, well, if you do a, obviously uh, if you do a French show or, or a Swedish show, they don't have the money to, to, to create all that world. So then, so that would probably be the biggest difference, like a war movie, mm-hmm. like uh, a science fiction. So it all depends on the style you want to give. To yeah, a but some of the best sort of acting storytelling is coming out of Europe. Some yeah, of the, you think so? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I love Borgen. Yeah. Um, there's the one, what's that one about um, Norway with the Russians taking over Norway? Yeah, that, I did that. Uh, I did two episodes of what's that. What's it called? Occupied. Again? Occupied. I love Occupied. Is it even coming back? No, I uh, did three seasons. I think that they, uh, I'm I was, not sure they kept going for me. Um, yeah, it's one, a great series. The one that isn't coming back, Counterpart. I thought that was a great. Oh, series. I loved that. That was an American. That was a really interesting American series. Uh, that was. Ve- I think that the American series are just very inventive. They have amazing writers here. Very interesting writers, and and uh, there is so much more getting made too here. Obviously, yeah. look at the month. But the counterpart. I'm so sad that that. Yeah, stopped. I like that. So I love that. I remember lot. I recommended it. Yeah, to you did, yeah. and I went right through it. And very, J.K. Very Simmons fast. was like a very exciting actor to work with. Yeah, I mean, really he good was piece. So, yeah. So you're writing. What are you going to do? What are you writing? What are you making? Uh, what, right now? Yeah, what are you going to make that's yours? I don't know. I sort of know, yes. It, I'm, I, it, I'm working on a, how do you say it, a global, I mean, uh, with a writer though, because I don't write on my own. I, but I, I'm developing with a French producer. Why don't you and a write British on your writer. own? I haven't had time. I could. Okay. I wrote the feature, but uh, I'm we're developing right now, and I've been working a lot on the scripts, uh, uh, geopolitical mm. 
thriller. It's uh, about the planet and about the financial markets. Do you get to switch between the writing, directing, the editing still, or is it just directing, directing, directing? No, it's, I mean, editing is always editing, but I mean, you're editing your own shows now. You work with an editor. Okay. I don't edit it myself. You Got have it. an editor. I love going to post, though, and I, when I can, and uh, I love to be part of the post-production process. That's the big difference between the States and the and uh, Europe, I guess, is that in Europe, when you do a series, even if you do a few episodes, you actually f- prep and you follow through in the post-production. You're there for the editing, for the sound, for the music, for the mixing. You're there until the end. While in the States, after you finish directing an episode, you have five days of editing and then you turn over your episode and then basically you're not part of the creative process anymore. And there is one thing that we need to change, I think, here in the States. Uh, is It's that when you do a show like Madame Secretary, it's okay to only have five days at the end and turn it over because you know what it's going to look like. When you do a show like The Witcher, it's very hard because you don't know what the dragons are going to look like. Mm. You you have to cut with thin air or green screens. And so the timing, the rhythm of the scenes is not the same once you have those dragons in the scenes. I don't even know how they could do that. So who's so coming you, in and making these decisions? So, so you so it's the, whoever's left. So they keep they keep the editors on with the showrunner and the producers, but as a director, you have to turn over your job. And I feel that that's something that actually the DJ needs to to work on because I feel like since the series today are getting bigger and bigger and changing more and more. Uh, as a director, when you turn over your episodes, you don't have time to at least even finish your really your director's cut the way you're supposed to do it, because you don't have the, all the elements in your hand. Wow. I did a really cool show in Toronto in uh, no, when was it in October about superheroes that's going to come out uh, I think in about six months called Jupiter's Legacy. And there was the same thing there. Uh, you you do turn it over before you see all the effects. I, I, so I'm you, to so it. I, so I do storyboards and I give all my intentions. I leave that, but I, I have no control of what happens afterwards. So, like for instance, on The Witcher, I had no control in the end what the dragons were really going to look like, because uh, I'm not. I, I, I was part of choosing the artwork for the dragon, but then there are a lot of changes, obviously, that come. And I think they did a good job, but it's still, you're not part of it. Right. And so, And that's something that I think that on these big shows that have a lot of visual effects, something should change there for us directors. Is it, the directors just finished a contract though, didn't you? What? Are you all coming up on a contract? I know actors and writers are coming up on contract, but directors aren't even going into negotiation anytime soon. No, not for this. I mean, this is something that I actually wanted to speak to the DJ about and address right. eventually when I get a chance when I have time. Right. When I get back to it. Right. I think that's one of the challenges that the working artists in every union um, often cannot be on the negotiating committee or on those teams because they are in fact working. Yeah, I don't And have so time. often the negotiators are people who aren't in the field doing the job and they don't know what people need. Yeah. And they're just like, they want to be, they want the job. And so they're negotiating for anything that might get them an opportunity rather than dealing with the real world things of people who are doing the job every day. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, yes, that, uh, that, should, that needs to change. It, are the storyboard artists across the season the same storyboard artists? So that at least when you're doing your storyboards of 
these, you know, I'm imagining you've got a superhero who's going to go jumping through the yeah. air. So you're shooting the scene, but you don't have anybody jumping through the air. No. No, exactly. And also your your cut does change. It has to change because the shots, the length of a shot is not the same. If you have an empty frame, the, the, the frame will feel much longer. Once something is in the frame, you you need to change the rhythm and that creates a domino effect. So it changes everything that goes out, comes after. And um, so, so, so in a way, as a director today on these big uh, special effects show, visual effects shows, CGI shows, I think it would be important actually to be able to come back, <laughs> to have an extra four days. Mm -hmm. But I think that people just want to take over at that moment. And then, but, you know, and also directors have to get onto their next shows. I yeah. mean, I know some directors who don't get to go to the edit and even do because their Because they don't have days. time. Yeah, they don't, they don't have time. They're yeah. already booked on another You can still do it online. You can at least participate online. You can get, even if you don't control everything, give you the opportunity to chip in and say something. Because right. you're not even part of that process. So at least you can see what happens. Gotcha. And if it's something that you really hate, at least you can send an email and say, this, gee, this doesn't really work. But you don't have, I mean, obviously you don't have final cuts. So you can't right. control the whole process. Now, I'm in the edit process of my first feature, and I'm in my third editor. Wow. Uh, it's How come is that? Um, well, my first editor decided he was going to teach himself Avid on my dime. and um, He didn't know it? No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Do you cut an Avid? What? Do you cut on Avid? Yes, always. Okay. <laughs> well, he decided he was going to learn Avid, and 12 weeks later, I, I didn't have an a assembly. Wow. And uh, then my next editor was a young person who just was like, they, I told them I didn't like one thing, and they quit instantly. And my next editor, that feels like that's going to be good. I, I, so I don't, I don't even understand this edit thing. Like, I know that you're making a new film in the edit and that it doesn't really matter what you sh you wrote because then there's what you shot. And then now you got to make a film out of what you got. Do you cut with music? Uh, I, yes, when I can, yes. But I also uh, am very uh, obviously dependent of the editor that I get. I When I get a chance and when I work in France and also on The Witcher, I, I had the editor that I usually work with in France. I had a wonderful showrunner on The Witcher, Lauren Hisrich, and she uh, brought over. She agreed to hire him. So you got your own editor on your episode? My own editor, yeah, the one I knew on my episodes. And they, wow. loved, they loved him, so he stayed on to handle <laughs> visual effects and everything. Wow. But he cuts music, so he became very creative that way. He's very good with music. So how do you do that? I'm mean, like, I'm asking a question. I don't know. I've heard I mean, of it this. it depends. You cut with music. I mean, you can't cut everything to music. But when you have a fight scene and when you have a chase scene and when you have an action scene, it's good to also have the right music or have some music to it. But is that your instinct going, ooh, I feel like this is the kind of sound I want to have? for this I mean yeah you're making it up yeah yeah or you discuss it and he is actually very good yeah he ha he has a lot of those sounds for himself but then I mean there were a lot of good people working on that show so uh we had uh I mean there was great sound effects and the great visual effects I wasn't disappointed at all with the result of when I mean, even though I had to leave early obviously right so so um I just feel it's just a bit sad sometimes not to be able to be part of the process until the end or at least be able to see what happens I think because you put in so much of yourself in anything you do why well, do at least yeah I think that was kind of the saddest part of me shadowing 
was I think as actors, you go in and you think that the director has so much trouble power, but actually in television, they don't have as much power as you think. They have to be a kind of an extension of showrunners who are often in LA and, yeah. and you have to carry out what they want, that they can't be there where they don't think they have the ability to communicate it, but you have to do that for them. Yeah. It's, I think every show is different. Like for instance, when I did Counterpart, the showrunner was Justin Marks. He actually also directed an episode of Counterpart, but he was around and uh, and he was. We had very very long tone meetings in the beginning. We talked about everything, and then he basically left leaves you alone. But he's always there, and uh, so we were very much in contact all the time. So that was actually great. And uh, I was in the cutting room there, and he he kept me. I mean, I mean. I didn't look at all the cuts, but I think I still could look at the cuts if I wanted to in the end. Now, you said your son is proud of what you do. What's your son doing? He is a photographer right oh, now, okay. a wildlife photographer okay. and landscape photographer and works on a ship, and he's in New Zealand right now. And he also made a film, though, recently. Yes, a very interesting film. Yeah. yeah. Did it go somewhere? No, it to festivals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It did go to festivals. Yeah, yeah. And now you were in Morocco recently too. Was that for shooting something? That was for what I'm doing now for my The secret one? The secret one. (laughs) The the present secret one. The secret one. One day we'll know. Will it shoot there? Is it based in Morocco? Or is it Morocco as, you can't tell us. It's Morocco as something else. Morocco as something else. But you got to my favorite place in Morocco, which is Essaouira. Essaouira. I'm going to be shooting. I'm going back there actually at the end of the month. Isn't Essaouira amazing? Yes, it's beautiful. It's and did you were come there, and visit? Were you were there at night when all the families come out to the no, sea? No, but I will be now. Oh, Esawera. I love this. We're in some good, good hash. Oh, we had, <laughs> <laughs> and we had great. I mean, that's, I remember that. And we had great food. I had such great meals. And yeah. Mar- and I was in Marrakesh. Okay, Marrakesh and I'm leaving is nice. for Marrakesh at the end of the month again. For okay, two weeks for for work. Yes, for okay. work. Okay, for work. It's great to be there. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So we know you're booked till the end of this year. Mm -hmm. And you've got the secret project. And then... I'm doing... At the end of this year, I'm finishing the one I'm doing that I can't talk about too much. Then I'm doing another one, which is very secret. (laughs) Uh, The project's not secret. I am not... I've signed a paper. I can't say anything about it. And then I am uh, free as of the beginning of next year. And I'd like to find a limited pilot or do something uh, different. And I'm also developing a few series, the European series. So if you get to play God, what would it be that you would do next? In the, when the opening happens, what would it be? I think it would be a limited, long limited series of eight episodes. Because I feel like doing a limited series for me 
today is as good as doing a feature because it's as telling doing a feature in eight hours because you're in charge from the beginning to the end. Okay. You you actually direct the beginning, the middle, and the end, mm-hmm. and you tell a whole story, but in a longer time. You have time to develop characters. And actually, that's what's very exciting is a feature you obviously got two, two hours, hours. Two, between two, two to three. I mean, if right. you're Martin Scorsese, you can do a bit longer. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, uh, you obviously uh, have to, I mean, it is shorter. It's exciting to do a feature, and I would never stop say I don't want to do one. But doing a long limited is also extremely exciting. I've done it twice, one in Sweden and one in France. And uh, and it was a really long creative process. It took you a year each time. So you need to get done the right one because it takes a year out of your life. Here's a question I have about, like, the series that I end up binging. There's something about the way the episode ends that I can't stop. I have to go. Yeah. How are you crafting that as a, as a, as a director? If I have a really good script, I don't need to craft much. I need to... <laughs> I, I, I follow really good the writing and I make sure that dramatically I end on something that you leave something up in the air. Like on my sixth episode, on my last episode on The Witcher was episode six. I had actually the actor look right into the camera. He was declaring war and it became very intense and mm-hmm. it threw us into the next episode, I think. Okay. So that's an example. It wasn't, but it was also very good. It was seen was very well written too. Now you didn't. Did you direct the next episode? No. Yeah, it's the it's. it's but I don't know what they did. Yes, exactly. right, right, right. There's this magical thing that all these artists who don't even have connections with each other make a you know a piece of art collaboratively without even actually yeah, collaborating but that's with when, each other. When, that's where the showrunner comes in, though. When you have intelligent showrunners, and there are a lot of really good ones, and when a showrunner comes in and he's supposed to make the whole. I mean, to do patchwork, work together. Mm-hmm. So they obviously uh, go also into the cutting room and they uh, obviously make sure things work, which is why it's important also to have one person in the end that oversees everything when you have a lot of different directors. Uh, so uh, that's also, but, but uh, it's also interesting when you actually can talk to the directors directors before, prior to you and next, after, because when you can collaborate with them, when it's a really good collaboration, you can actually say, actually, what, how are you starting? What are you ending on? What, I, for instance, on what I'm doing right now, there's a very interesting woman who is directing the Amanda Marcellis. She's directing the episodes prior to mine. And I asked her, what is your last shot? How do you see last? And do, do, do people do this to you often? Do people reach out to you as a director and ask you these things? Or yeah. is this something you do? I do. So this is your creative style of yeah. reaching out to the other people. Yeah, because that's also something I learned from editing. You know, from editing, it's not only shooting a good scene. It's also the transition between scenes is as important as cutting the scene right. Tell us about a transition. Transition is what how you end the scene and what takes us into the next scenes. So you need to think like if you end a scene with a very tight shot of something, it's better to start the next scene with a wide shot. Because? It works better. I, I, it's, it's, again, it's my opinion. It's your aesthetic It's my aesthetic. Taste. I feel like it works better. Or or you find some something dramatic or you find some, some cut that works really well and takes you from one scene. It doesn't have to be tight to wide. But I like to, I often... The contrast. Yeah. But I often like to start my scenes with inserts or with close-ups and not a wide shot because I like to set up a detail or a character 
before I set up the geography of the, of the location. Why do you like that? Because I like that too. When I just because I feel it's it. more important, it gets it, it becomes more intense. It takes you in the scene more. You identify with the character better. You who cares? I mean, you can find out where you are after. You don't need to. If you first set up where you are, I I, I feel it gets a bit conventional, a bit boring. Mm. And undramatic. Mm. I, I I always try to start with tight shots. And I guess that's, I very often start my episodes or when I do uh, independent, I've done a lot of also TV movies, independent TV movies. I always try to start with a very tight shot of something. And then uh, that's worked so far, clearly, because you're still working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, 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 but I, I think also I, I can say that it's trusting your instinct is so important. It's like when you're sitting behind the monitor and the scene is working, if it's working for you, then if you can be in, you know, it's going to work for the audience as well. How did you as a woman get to the place where you could just trust your instinct? I think it's taken me my whole it life to get It took much longer than any man, I think. I think that I felt I was, I was insecure for a long time. And I felt I needed to pay my dues, that I had to learn more and more. I had to learn, I had to know more than anybody else about everything. I wanted to have more experience and more experience. And now I've gotten to a point that I actually feel pretty secure where I am, or confident. And I know that my instincts are right. Yeah. So now I fight for them. But it's a hard process to get there. But it took a long process. And it probably took even longer because I started... I started directing the early 90s, and uh, and so back then it was more difficult, so it took even longer. Maybe, I don't know, I hope that everything we're doing today or done for other women will make their life easier. Right. To Did you carry take on. time off with your son? When? Anytime. Did you take a year off? A year, never. No. <laughs> No, I've never taken a year off. I have a okay. very hard time saying no to any job coming up. But we have taken vacations. And actually, I almost didn't do The Witcher because my son and I had planned an amazing trip to Antarctica. Oh. And we were gonna we went there for three weeks. You did and, get to go eventually. And and when the when the shorener when I met with the shoreiner, they called me back to give me the job. They said actually, but you have to be uh, I mean with us in Budapest beginning of January. And I said, I'm not returning from Antarctica before the 10th. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, that's not going to work, she said. And uh, and uh, we were very, I was very lucky that they actually pushed by a week or two. Because something just happened. Yeah. So you turned that, the job down? So, so that I, I, I said, I'm, it's not going to work. I mean, I'm not going to not go to Antarctica. I promised him it's all set. And and my son was wonderful. He said, "You know, Mom, uh, if if you don't want to go, we can." And I knew. Who knows when when you get your next chance? But what I didn't do though is that we had planned after Antarctica to travel around in South America, in Peru and Argentina for a week. Uh-huh. So I gave up on that. Okay. But I did not give up on our Antarctica trip. What, tell me, Antarctica. What's Antarctica? It just it's just uh, snow and penguins. <laughs> we so, were on the boat. But, you know, it was a big trip, and it was his graduation trip. He was very much looking forward to it. So uh, it just felt like something I had to do. So what did you guys do for three weeks? In a boat? We were in the boat. We traveled around the land, Antarctica, got off land, saw, saw penguins and seals and landscapes and... Do you talk to each other? Oh yeah, we talked. We talked a lot. Photographs. Yeah, he. That's how he got his job. Because after that, he, he had these great. He shots. created. He had these great shots. He created a website and got a job. So in a way, it was very good investment. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I just came back from Peru. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. That I missed. I want to go back there now. Let me tell you, the mosquitoes of Peru are virulent. I have scars. Oh, my God. Literally. I mean, I think I came back, I got infected, and they wanted to put me on an antibiotic. And I was like, I'm not taking an antibiotic for some mosquito bites. But the mosquitoes are no joke. And then they got those things called jiggers. Do you know about the jiggers? No. They're microscopic things, so you can't go barefoot because they're in the tall grass and they, they're a flesh-eating disease that they get in your skin and then they burrow their way up into ah. your genitals. And okay. I was like, Peru, Did yeah. You get them? You, no, you, no, I didn't. But I mean, I, every, I still itch. And I'm like, it's three months later. It can't be mosquito bites. But I still feel like I'm itching from the mosquitoes of Peru. Yeah. It was intense. You see, I just, I'm still scratching. <laughs> So I have three questions for you yes. to wrap us up here. Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm uh, a very independent woman. I, I stand on my two feet. I'm, I try to be the best mother possible, adore my son. And, uh, and I love the work I do. I love directing hope to be directing for many, many more years. I don't ever want to retire. Okay. And uh, and I feel like, and I'm going to keep this independence. But mm. I try not to pay too much attention to what people think, but I try to always be very loyal to my friends and uh, a decent human being, basically. And if you look at our world, what do you think is needed in our world? What's needed? Again, I think loyalty, decency, uh, and also caring for each other. I mean, everybody seems to live for themselves today. Never look around what's happening to other people. They always, I mean, look, look what happened today with the virus. People go, people don't even need masks. Go out and and buy. People who go out and buy everything they can buy in stores. It's 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 really think looking around a bit more, learning to look around a bit more. I think. And how do you serve your world, your community? I, 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 mean, I try to be, I mean, to be helpful to, to, I mean, I do some donations. I do some work. Uh, I don't do enough because I work too much probably. But um, I, uh, I, I try to do the, I mean, what do you say? I'm trying to be decent. I try to be. I mean, to do, I mean, what you call doing the right thing to other people. Right. And if I want to do something better, I feel I should. I should do more charitable work, more have more time. It's so hard with care. the charities, though. When you see these charities and they have, um, you know, they raise all this money, but so much of it is their infrastructure and their parties and their staff. And like, I, I've gotten to the point where I see these kids on the street raising money for things, and I'm happy that they have a job. But I'm like. The, they have to pay those people for yeah. their job, no, and that's I not think, going to the what cause. What this means is that you don't know where the money's going. Right, you don't know and, where and, the money's going. And that's going. what I don't like about charities. But I think I should do more charitable works. I should go and, I mean, serve, do, do I mean, take more of my time to do you it. You mean time to actually be in a be field. in a field. Some, in yeah, a field. That's what I mean. Doing that, By time. Yeah. Giving actually, more time to Giving people. our time rather than thinking about yes. money, yeah. But what I do try to do is that I try, I mean, I have had, besides you, I have a few other shadows I've been helping. I try to be as helpful as I can with people who are learning and to be as helpful as I can with the younger women who are fighting now to get into our business yeah. and to get jobs. So uh, I'm always open to meeting with them, having coffee, giving advice. 
I've been going, gone back to I, my son's college in North Carolina at Elon. I teach, I taught a few classes. I went there and I did a few workshops and uh, I basically try to help people. They want to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So that's my contribution in a way. Awesome. To all the world. Thank you, Charlotte, for coming. Thank I'm you. Tanya Pinkins and you're listening to You Can't Say That. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCST. Stay safe. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.